Let me start over. <laughs> You're going to compare Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X. They have very different stances. You're going to do it in that primary document analysis paper that we've been working on, the same one you did those four things on yesterday. Um, if we were at the university itself, instead of having you write these down and keep it in a learning journal, we, I would have you read it and then we'd have a class discussion. And I'd grade you on that discussion. Like, did you make comments? Did you do stuff like that? If I'd had time, you would have had more moments like that here in class. Um, but I didn't, you know, this year's been crazy. <laughs> so we're doing it that way. When you compare the two, I don't care how you do it. Do it whatever makes sense to you. If you want to make it so that it's all like paragraph, like a narrative style, that's fine. Um, if you want to do a Venn diagram, that's cool as long as it's not super generic. Thank you. As a general rule, it, if I can't tell that you read the things, by looking at your Venn diagram, you don't have enough detail. You're like, one's named Martin, one's named Malcolm. Like, yeah, that's stupid. You can do better. That was kind of a joke. I know you wouldn't do that. But the way some of you are looking at me now, I'm scared. <laughs> okay, give me, give me a decent amount of detail. Personally, I would do a table and compare the two. Now, you don't have to read every word of both documents. But the thing I taught you where you go through and you read just the first sentence of each paragraph, that doesn't work for a speech. How come? Good. It, it's, it's not formatted that way. It's not formatted like a paper. That works for something formatted like a paper or an essay. It just doesn't work for a speech. But you'll find some paragraphs are really well written, and you'll want to read through the whole thing. And others you won't find quite as interesting. But you can see what Martin Luther King Jr. cared about. You can see what Malcolm X cared about. So you know my thinking in choosing these two documents. The first one, the one from uh, Malcolm X, I chose before he had gone back and had his hajj, before he'd had his experience and learn to be less prejudiced. Because um, I wanted you to see him in all his, like, let's fight, we hate them, we hate white people glory. Like, I wanted you to, to see that. Because um, it contrasts really well with Martin Luther King Jr. I chose King's final speech. It's the one he gives right before he dies, the day before he's killed. So um, I wanted you to see him at his full maturity, at his full ability, and, and get that. Does that make sense? Do you have questions on that, how to do that, where to do that? No. I know doing assignments is not exciting. <laughs> but it's okay. This one's going to be, it's going to be cool. You're going to learn some cool things from it, I think. Hey, 1968, we talked about how it was a dumpster fire of a year. 
This photograph is where King's assistants, disciples, I don't know what the best word to use here are, helpers, followers, friends, friends is probably the word he would use. His friends are pointing to where the gunman was standing when he shot King. You can see this. If You know how on the, the Canvas page I have the, if you were absent, read this, do this. The one for Martin Luther King Jr., it says read this about his assassination, has some really good photographs and some really good explanations. It's, it's worth checking out, even though you're here today. Yeah, so King is assassinated in 1968. Of course, assassinating someone does not silence their message. That, in a lot of ways, makes him more powerful. We've learned a lot about civil rights. And one of the big things that I hope you've noticed while we were going through is that there were people who didn't really agree with the segregation. They didn't really agree with the racism, but they stayed silent because they were afraid, and it was a scary time. Things like this give them more ability to stand up. It gives them more strength and power. So they do. So this matters. Now, I want to play you a snippet from King's last speech from I've Been to the Mountaintop. Uh, because I want you to see his speaking style. I want you to, to hear his voice and kind of see how he does things. Now, sorry, I just realized the way I was going to say that was a little weird, but I'm going to say it that way anyway. You may have noticed that King was a black preacher. <laughs> black preachers do it in a style that you're probably not used to. As a matter of fact, there is a real thing that they do sometimes called a preach-off. They have a competition. They have an audience, and some preachers get together, and they'll give them like three or four words, and they see how long they can hold the audience's attention, saying only those three or four words. So it's just, just picture like, like a phrase, like, I've been to the mountaintop. And they'll repeat it again in more exciting, you know, different inflections, different movements. And they see how long they can keep the audience engaged. This comes from, and I want you to watch for this too. Back in the days of slavery, slaves weren't allowed to read and write. Right, because Nat Turner learned to read and write and did a rebellion. So they decided they wouldn't allow reading and writing anymore. So when a preacher would preach to an African-American congregation, they would do a lot of repetition. That repetition helps them remember because they can't go back and read it later. They can't go back and read their Bible later. They have to hear it again and again and again. So you're going to see him repeat a few phrases. Now we are only, this is a long speech, of course. You don't get Martin Luther King to speak to you. Um, 
and then have him talk for three minutes. But I'm only going to play about three minutes of it for you. So are you ready? All we say to America is be true to what you said on paper. If I lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country, maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over there. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. So just as I say we aren't going to let any dogs or water hoses turn us around, we aren't going to let any injunction turn us around. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. We tend to focus on king. And there's a couple of reasons why we focus on king. One is that his stances were often, often usually really admirable. Uh, he was just a likable person. Part of it's his assassination at the hands of a white supremacist. Uh, so there's, there's all those factors. But part of it is his approach is effective. Nonviolent protest has been an effective move. Uh, it worked really well for Gandhi. It worked really well for King. Um, violent protest is not usually effective. But for the people who do it, it seems to be satisfying. I don't know why I've never done it personally. Never burned anything down or beaten anybody up or 
unless you count siblings. But I've never burned them down. That's important. Hey, so you'll read, when you read Malcolm X's, a lot of his is like, well, if they're being violent, why don't we, we need to be violent back? That's the language they speak. That's what they respect. And if we won't stand up for ourselves, who's going to stand up for us? That's kind of the stance that he takes. Um, the Black Panthers are a little different. The stance they take is basically, well, they deserve it. So the Black Panther Party, really popular in California. Okay? And a few places back east, too. The Black Panther Party is a... Screw the whites party. That's, that's their thing. They publish a newspaper that they send out to everyone. You see they wear the berets and the leather jackets with the pin that I have highlighted there for you. And their stance is if they're going to, you know, white person hurts us, we're going to hurt a white person. Again, we like Kings because his form of protest is effective. This form of protest is not as effective. In fact, sometimes it entrenches people, makes them dig down harder into their thing. Just like assassinating Martin Luther King Jr. didn't stop his message, it just made it more powerful. Um, but this still, it appeals to them, and so they start spreading out things. I thought about having you read a Black Panther document, because there's a lot of really good ones on there. Um, but in the end, I thought that would be too much. <laughs> so I thought, I'll just, I'll just tell you that you should know that it's not like all the black people sat there and got sprayed by fire hoses and let that happen to them. This, this wasn't a thing. Hey, good questions, comments, complaints? No. All right, I will give you the rest of the time to work on this. Not that, that's psychology. It's explained both on the Unit 4 page and on the calendar, but please ask if something's not clear. Um, they are long speeches, but those instructions I gave you at the beginning hopefully will help.